Hello everyone, this is the Connected Family Podcast, episode number 38. This podcast is produced by Connections Family Counseling, LLC, a group counseling practice located in Quincy, Illinois, that helps build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. My name is Mark Vanderlei, and I'm your host. Today's episode is all about parents. You have lost control, and it's part one of a three-part series. I really appreciate that you are listening to the Connected Family Podcast and just wanted to let you know that you could continue the conversation regarding this topic by joining our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling. Here now is episode 38 of the Connected Family Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me again on the Connected Family Podcast. Today is the beginning of a three-part series of podcast episodes all devoted to the topic of control. This is one of those really difficult topics uh, that often comes up when I'm speaking with parents because I think a lot of times we parents really enjoy or struggle, I would say, with this idea of control, especially with younger children and then throughout the adolescent years. I know I've said before that I once had someone tell me that the process of parenting is an 18-year-long process of letting go of control in that when our children are young, that's the stage in which we have the most control. And from day one all the way through their 18th birthday, we're just continually letting go gradually a little bit at a time, more and more control. And if that process works out well, it can be hopefully a pretty positive experience in the relationship that you have with your children. I think relationship is a really key aspect of that in that when we have that strong connection with our children and adolescent, um, when that relationship is really strong, then this idea of control becomes a little bit less problematic. However, sometimes when control becomes the forefront, how much control I have versus how much control my child has, or maybe I'm not very aware of the need or the tendency that I have to maybe over control a little bit due to possibly my own anxieties or uncertainties or insecurities. Um, I think that's when this idea of control can become particularly difficult. So in light of the ways in which control can become problematic uh, for parents and children, we are embarking on a three-part series entitled Parents, You Have Lost Control. And today in this episode, we're going to be I'm just going to be sharing a little bit of a story that I wrote with you based on my own experience that happened a number of years ago. So this was a number of years ago when my middle child was five years old, and I came to the realization that this five-year-old boy had discovered the most well-kept and important secret of the parenting world. I was really hoping that the boys would not discover this secret for many, many more years, like maybe when they were adults themselves. But the middle child had figured it out, and I knew I was in trouble because once he figured it out, it was not going to be long, and the others were going to catch on as well. So he had discovered 
that when it really comes down to it, I cannot make him do anything. The story goes that we had stopped at a local restaurant to get some dinner following his soccer game. I was in a rush. I had all the other kids. Um, I had to run home to pick up the older brother so that I could take him to a Cub Scout meeting. And as we left the restaurant, he stopped just outside the door. I was walking ahead of him, my arms full of food and another child, and looked back to see him propped up against the wall, scraping his soccer cleats on the ground. I said, come on, buddy, let's go. He said, no, and just stood there. He looked at me with a knowing smirk. At least that's how I perceived it. He saw that my hands were full, I was in a hurry, and that I had few parenting tools left at my disposal. I was in a pickle. Thankfully, I had gotten off work a little bit early that day, so I was in a pretty patient frame of mind. I often say to people that I talk to, in my best moments, I do this. And so I don't know if I was in my best moment at this time, but I was feeling pretty good. So that means I was able to remain calm, and I began thinking. I was just racking my brain, trying to figure out the best way to handle this situation. We stood there looking at one another for nearly a minute, and it felt like an eternity. It began to feel like a standoff at the OK Corral. Whoever moved first was doomed to lose. After searching for the most helpful tool in my bag for this situation, I came up empty. I couldn't think of anything. I was stuck. I was under pressure, and I was not sure what I was going to do. The, there were no logical or enforceable statements that came to mind that I could use to convince him to move on. And so I slowly walked back to where he stood, took his arm, and walked him to the car. And eventually he decided to do this on his own, climbed up in his seat, I buckled him in, and we moved on. So I took some time to reflect on the situation soon after that happened. And I was really reflecting and focusing on that simple truth about parenting that I cannot make him do anything aside from going over, grabbing his hand, and physically walking him to the car, maybe in more, in less ideal situations, having to drag him to the car, or maybe even having to pick him up, yelling and screaming and bring him to the car, which I've had to do walking out of a restaurant um, at some point, child throwing a fit, walking out, everyone staring at you, uh, carrying them out when they're younger. Aside from doing that, I can't make my child do anything. And at this point, he was relatively young. He's only five. I'm bigger than he is. I can take him by the arm. I can lift him up. Um, I'm much stronger than he is. But in just another 10 years, when he's 15 from this incident, um, if he decides to take a similar approach of refusal, like, for instance, on going to school or going to church or some other family event or some other activity... I, I won't be able to physically move him. And if I were to attempt to, it would cause some really significant problems. And I imagine it would get very ugly very quickly. So this really turned out to be a situation in which there could, and maybe in other situations or in other moments when I was not um, in a frame of mind to be as patient as I was, if I was stressed more significantly or even in more of a hurry, uh, this really could have turned into a significant power struggle. 
he realized that I was in a hurry, that I was shorthanded. Um, and he was like, well, you know, I'm going to exercise some of my personal will. It was maybe sort of experimental on his part. I don't know that he was, I, I don't believe at all that he was purposely trying to bother me or push my buttons. I actually um, don't believe that children do that. Most often their behavior is about communicating a need and getting that need met. So I wonder what that need was about for him at that moment. Maybe he truly had some dirt in his cleats and he's trying to get the dirt out and thought that that was, you know, obviously outside the restaurant was the most appropriate place to do that. Maybe he needed, had a need for some touch and I came over and touched his hand and that was helpful for him. Some reconnection with me or acknowledgement. Hey, I'm over here. Don't walk so far in front of me. I'm right, I'm right here. Keep me in mind as well. Trying to meet that need possibly. Ultimately, what I'm reminded of in this situation is how important it is for parents to admit and be okay with the fact that we cannot make our children do anything. All we can do is state what we are going to do with our own behavior and practice loads and loads of self-control. We cannot control our children. Instead, we must explain expectations or limits, boundaries, and then manage our own responses accordingly. And that is the most difficult part. Often when I'm speaking with parents, I'll talk about the importance of empathy, managing my own responses and our own responses. And sometimes, and, and really viewing, as I was talking about before, viewing the behavior of the child in the context of what is the need that the child is attempting to meet in this behavior. And sometimes parents really begin to struggle with that because they think like, okay, so does that mean that I'm not, I'm, there are no consequences or there are no boundaries and I just have to meet every single need at this very moment. And all I'm doing is reading the child's behavior and attempting to uh, meet every single whim and need of the child. Well, no matter what that is, no matter if it's safe or good or not good, it goes against family values. And what I think is really, really important to sort of differentiate here is that, no, um, it is important to still have boundaries. So seeing behavior as, as meeting a need and maintaining personal control as a parent um, is not intended to tell a parent that they just um, should not have boundaries. Actually, it really highlights the importance of boundaries limitations, as I like to refer to them, limits, as I like to refer to them, but specifically highlights the importance of empathy and connection in the context of those boundaries so that when I am setting a boundary, I'm doing it in a way that communicates empathy and maintains connection and relationship with my child so that they know that I care and they, they know from where that boundary is coming. So we can't control our children. Instead, we explain or set the expectation or limit and then manage our own response. And when the child does not meet the expectation, the parent can let go. The wonderful beauty is I can let go of forcing him to do this thing. I don't have to make him do it. All I have to do is set the boundary with empathy compassion, and remain connected. 
And that might come in the form of some type of logical consequence or being patient and walking through the experience with my child. If the child meets the expectation, he learns a wonderful lesson about responsibility. Oh, mom or dad asked me to do this. I did it. I'm responsible. I'm capable. I'm strong. I did what was expected of me. If the child does not meet the expectation and experiences a consequence, he also learns a lesson about responsibility. So we do not have to make our children do anything. We can relax and calm, you know, remain calm ourselves and allow the limit that we set and then the later um, appropriate consequence to be the teacher. That is the teacher as opposed to any words on our part or anything that we need to make our children do. The wonderful part is that either way, if they, uh, if they um, follow the limit or if they cross over the limit, either way, the lesson is learned and the parent maintains self-control, emotional regulation, sanity, by understanding that I don't have to control my child, only do I have to control myself my personal responses, and respond with empathy and connection. So this today is just an introduction into this topic and our series of podcasts titled Parents, You Have Lost Control. And it's a way just to introduce to us that, man, the reality of parenting is that we are not able to control our children's behavior. But when we think we have to, or think we can, sometimes it can really lead to increased distress, increased conflict, and difficulty in connecting with our children. But when we can let go of having to control our children, understand that I really am not in control anyways, and utilize limits and boundary setting with empathy, compassion, and connection, That is how we can maintain relationship and also do the thing that we want to do, which is to teach our children self-control and the ability to function um, in a family and in society. So the next two episodes of this podcast are going to be focused on how to do this, what this might look like in the family environment, and giving some, hopefully, what you will find to be practical and helpful pointers about and how to navigate the point the fact that you have lost control. I hope you'll continue to listen and find those episodes as we move through them. And uh, thank you so much for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. If you find this helpful, always remember to go over to the iTunes uh, podcast app, leave us a review and a comment because that is really helpful in having this podcast discovered and it enables more people to learn and grow in connection with their families. Thank you for listening to the Connected Family Podcast. We're dedicated to helping you build resilient kids, strong marriages, and connected families. If you'd like to continue the conversation about parenting and control, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash the Connected Family Podcast. This group consists of additional resources, discussion regarding episode topics, and support for building a connected family. You can also follow us on Instagram at Connections Family Counseling or our website at ConnectionsQuincy.com.